0: Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast to two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines, and pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm host William DeBurns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man?
1: It's going good, because we all that. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man?
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> it's going pretty good, man. Excited to get into these topics today. And and, and it, before we get into it, shout out to, to the guests that we've had on the last few weeks. We had a, yes. a ton of guests on from... You know, Josh Crocker to Ethan Lewis, Maurice, and, and Andrea, and, and um, they were amazing on all those episodes, and we're going to have some more coming up um, for the next few weeks. Um, but to start it off for this episode with, um, you know, kind of looking back at um, Beyonce's uh, Lemonade and, and just the how, how it looks, you know, four years um, later, you know, this was her sixth studio album released in 2016, and it's considered as, you know, another visual album along with um, her self-titled project in 2013. And this project, you know, delves into, you know, the, the infidelity and reconciliation, um, just the, the the cinematic manner really took, took it over. And the songwriting is is just really heavy along with the, the brilliant production and hooks um, that just stick with you. And, you know, to me, and looking at this project, she wasn't just a hip hop star, but also merged into a pop star role as well, because um, you've got the featured artists in Jack White and James Blake to add that element to it. and um, her song, Sorry, it was just like the centerpiece of the album's attitude. You know, yes. it kind of became a female empowerment anthem as well with um, a gauzy sound and reflective hook. And she says, now you want to say you're sorry. Um, now you want to call me crying. Now you got to see me and Now I'm the one that's lying and I don't feel about bad about it. It's exactly what you what you get. Stop interrupting my grinding, end quote. And then you've got a song like Freedom with Kendrick Lamar, um, you know, her most empowering uh, type of song dealing with, you know, racial and social issues. and There's just the embodiment of just being titled to your feelings. And by not only feeling them, but letting them go and and freeing yourself. And she says, quote, Lord, forgive me. I've been running, running blind in truth. I'm a wave. I'm a wave through your shallow love. Tell the deep I'm new, end quote. But looking back at this project, what were your thoughts on the vividness? Plus, you know, heartbreak she's navigating through.
1: I thought this project really was her, I think her stamp on her career. And what she's done so far, because mm-hmm. we, we've known Beyonce to be a, a member of the Destiny Child or like the the number one star of Destiny Child and branching off and doing her thing and having people write her music yeah. in different singles and kind of creating and giving her songs and, you know, twisting them. And I feel like she finally found her voice. I mean, she, we, we all know she can. she's a, stu- a recording artist and the difference between a recording artist is a singer, a recorder, you need a lot of things to make your voice sound to where it needs to be. But I think this project alone, and, and the time it came in, I think this is one of her best pieces of work. Literally, from from the pop standpoint, from the RB standpoint, from just the content and what she gives us, formation, uh, like you said, um, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, freedom, sorry. those three. Yeah, formation is yep. just like, when I heard that, I was like, "Okay, Hold I'm up. not even. Yeah, I'm not even uh, a Beyonce fan. I'm not a fan of Beyonce. I think she has some dope music here and there, but this album's like Formation. What you got? What in your purse? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's what I'm talking about. That's you got what? <laughs> you got what in your purse? That's Houston. That's the that's the Beyonce I've been wanting to hear for a long time. That gritty mm-hmm. Houston. You're from Houston." They don't play, they don't play H Town. Come on, let me hear it. And this really, you know what's crazy? Uh her diss tracks to her own husband be the fire, <laughs> be the best songs ever. <laughs> the diss she's track. actually
0: going at Daisy.
1: <laughs> like diss tracks be straight fire going to her own husband. I I think she stays that yes. night and just looks at her. You know what? You know I got a diss track coming out, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know I got it coming. I got it
1: coming. I I, I, I want you to reply. I want to hear I want to hear your reply. But no, I really thought it was a great body of work. (laughs) She gave us every facet of music. She gave us that jazzy edge. She gave us that pops, that pop sound. She gave us Kendrick Lamar. Like every everything you want in the album, she did, and it came out perfect. This is one of her best albums. I think it was like her sixth album, if I'm not mistaken. After she's yeah, debuted six. as a, yeah, sixth album. So this, say the best for lies, it was the best album. Like uh, a great constructed body of work.
0: Definitely. And just overall, when you look at, um, you know, Beyonce's career, she's always been in control. Like her public persona equates with being the most influential superstar um, of a generation. And the prowess, you know, she has a, as a performer and the strength she she exhibits through her music has, you know, mm-hmm. just always been exceptional. Looking back at her Homecoming documentary on Netflix, like, that whole like process, the element of it, just how a, a, a perfectionist she is as a, as a performer. Like when I think of Beyonce, like the performing element is what I almost think of more because when she she all, she's always gonna put on a show. There are certain artists they're never gonna let you down during a show, and she's just one of those top ones that does it. But what certain element do you think kind of makes her a long lasting icon, or would you say it's just the performing prowess, prowess and public persona mix all in one that just sticks out for people?
1: It's a performance. She puts on a show. She's when I think of performers, yeah. I think of Michael Jackson. I I think of Prince. I uh, think of Luther Vandross. Yeah. Not Luther Vandross. I'm sorry. Teddy Pendergrass. Like people who actually put yeah. on a show. Like she puts on a show. That's why a lot a lot of people a lot of people don't really think she can sing and her music is not good. But when you when you go to one of her shows, you're gonna get a bang for your buck. She's gonna have people yep. coming out of the crowd. With You're gonna masks. get your money's worth. Exactly. She's gonna get. She's gonna make sure your experience is one of the best. I think that's her stamp. I think each artist has one a point that they are very strategic in in her performances. So when she comes, she, she she has a lot of stuff. Remember, she shut down a Super Bowl. If you if you don't remember, yeah. she shut down a Super Bowl literally. Yeah. Lights went out. <laughs> life went out literally everything was out <laughs> everything was out but she put on a show that was one of the best super bowl performances i've ever seen since ever. i've been yeah and since i've been alive and since i remember watching the super bowl so she puts on a show that's the thing mm-hmm. that and with her story i think her story is, is uh it's interesting as well her losing you know, having a miscarriage and not people not knowing she was pregnant again and she's moving yeah. like she wasn't, like she wasn't pregnant, like she was just doing like I think that story and the the ups and downs of their relationship. once she was dating an older gentleman in Jay-Z, and just her like her journey through that. I think her journey and her performance, she's she's a man, she's a showstopper. Most deaf showstopper.
0: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, she's definitely one of those headlining stars that that is just always going to do um, is always going to bring that element to it. Um, transitioning to to, to Jay Z's uh, four forty four, his his last project, and just thoughts on his impact for the hip hop culture. You know, this album, you know, being a direct response to Lemonade, deals with you know betrayal. It, it's it's personal, and there's reassessment along along with it. And you know, we we know Jay Z is one of the most crafty MCs MCs there's ever been, and he's. Deconstructing an entire worldview in his 13th studio album, and it's a tell-all document. You know, infidelity, outgrowing friends, and just the way family shapes us um, are all highlighted. And in "Smile," um, the, 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 the song "Smile," he's opening up a lot, um, and in ways we haven't heard. You know, revealing his mom coming out and making a lifestyle change that he fully supported. And it, it really was just a beautifully constructed track with you know no ID's production built around uh, one of Cb Wonder's most memorable songs and in this project, Jay-Z, he still comes along with the internal rhymes and it's just at peak form lyrically. And he says, quote, far as draft picks, my name did not get called that before I go, I put a billion on the board, hall of fame, hove I did it all without a pin. all knew that I was coming, I had to remind y'all again, end quote. And this song just really chronicling the future and staying positive. And then in the, the, in the track with Frank Ocean caught their eyes, That their fifth collaboration together. And that's, to me, like that's one of Jay Z's like best, you know, collaborations. Like they always do do amazing, do amazing yeah. work together. And exactly. he's highlighting in this song being being perceptive and seeing through the, the deception of those that are you know aren't legitimate or real, and just being aware of your surroundings is, is the overarching theme. And he says, "quote um, Don't big bro me, don't big homie. I've seen pure admiration come rivals. I've been to Paris at least two times. I've seen the Eiffel. I've seen the Eiffel." End quote. Um overall but overall though, like looking back at this this late career jam where he's you know fully vulnerable, apologetic, but still excellent. Um, what were your thoughts kind of like looking back on this one?
1: Jay-Z, 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 Jay-Z. He's not in my top five, but he's definitely in my top ten. Uh, this album mm-hmm. was a shocker because the story of OJ, yeah. hands down, one of his best songs. And it's gems. Crazy. It it didn't even come off as he wanted to be big, or it was just like him giving real facts and excuse me, gems. But for I think his Mm -hmm. style of rapping, he doesn't use a pen. That's the most crazy thing I've. I I have to write like I I can freestyle, but it's not going to (laughs) be as potent because I think Jay Z kind of coined that style of rapping, a style of recording, and then Lil Wayne kind of like put emphasis on it because Lil Wayne doesn't know any of his lyrics. They have to give him lyrics before the show so he can uh, memorize them before the show. And Jay-Z's the same way. It's crazy. That yeah. style of rapping and recording is, is crazy. That that's that puts him up there with the greatest. And Jay-Z puts doesn't put out bad music, in my, in my opinion. He doesn't put out bad music. Ever. But I think, and like I was saying with Beyoncé, with the <laughs> with the disc, he always comes back with a response. They say Nas and Jay Z's beef was crazy. This beef is crazy. This yo, this beef irre- is the
0: crazy. This is the, this is the beef we need. To, we need a chronicle.
1: <laughs> yes, we need to talk about this because when she put, I'm not sure if he put out. Um, uh, you had one. Oh no 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 champ. Oh no 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 no. Let me look because she put out Irreplaceable. He put out um one. Yeah. Uh she heard hey i can't remember the song but no i like how he responds to it not in a not a condescending way but a, a way of trying to understand a perspective and know that he messed up and um and it yeah. always turns out to be great music and him you know allowing yeah. us to d- indulge into his life because one a lot of artists or a lot of people that have a, a bigger stage and normal human be- normal uh, normal citizens they don't want you in their lives Nowadays, mm-hmm. I think Beyonce said nowadays people don't just want to hear your voice. They want to know who you're dating. They want to know uh, what your family dynamics is. They want to know what you eat what you eat every day. They want to know so much about you that you're yeah. that you're like at their at their disposal. Nobody just I think she said uh, what's the beautiful black woman's name and she her voice she's said like, oh gosh how can I be an artist and not know these people's names off the top <laughs> of my head? Um, he sampled her in a story of OJ. My skin is black. Uh, uh, what's her oh, name? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't think of her name. But hers it's like people loved her voice. Nobody wanted... They just yeah. was fought, fell in love with her voice. But I, say, I think the same thing when artists give us the opportunity to indulge in their lives, like Jay-Z did with his mom coming out. And like you said, when he... When Frank Ocean and him collab, it's always a great song. Yeah, I think uh, it's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, but this I think this album was not his best album because he's put out some some beasts beasts of an album, especially the Blueprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, yes, what are his best albums? But no, I, I really thought it was a dope album. And I thought the content was there, and of course, Jay Z's a rhymer, a lyricist, and he doesn't even use a pen in the pad. Come on, man, that's crazy.
0: Doesn't even doesn't even need it. He's like, I'm good. I'm good.
1: I don't need it. Uh, who needs
0: it? Who needs it? Who needs a pen in a pad?
1: Who needs a pin <laughs> in a pad?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's one of you know just raps you know solidified Savan's and the way he immerses himself into the production of you know his albums has, has always been otherworldly, or, 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 otherworldly. And there's just a few amount of rappers that just you know. Can 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 sound the way he does, tough, but also you know less fatigued when he's doing it, and he's aged gracefully while um just still sticking to the, to the core principles that's gotten him where he is. Um, but what are your thoughts on you know Jay Z's impact for hip hop culture, and you know he, he's already one of the goats and surpassed you know even just being successful in the music industry, but also ventures um outside of the booth because we were talking about it a couple weeks ago with with Drake, like Drake he aspires to be Jay Z one day. And the ventures he does even outside of the booth, along with what he's already accomplished, and it's just um astounding.
1: Jay-Z's business mind and what and what he gives to uh gyms to people. I think I think the documentary came after this where he sat down with like people of Chris Rock. Um uh it was a lot of people, like it was a lot of black men, and they were talking about different things. I think he brings. Uh, different elements to the discussion that he's aware and want other people to be aware of what it's like being black in America, first of all. And he talks about that all the time. Yeah. And it's business ventures. He's the first billionaire, music, I mean, mm-hmm. rapper billionaire. So I think his business yeah. business mind, his business savviness really highlights his music career. The uh, Highlights his music career because he had money before he started doing music, but him being a billionaire, it takes a lot to get to that, that stature in life. So he's literally the mm-hmm. blueprint. He's literally Absolutely. the blueprint. Literally the blueprint. And his, 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 uh, I guess his glare or his silhouette to the rap game is always going to be there. It's always going to be lit because he, he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. He took the right precautionary steps. He didn't step, he didn't back down to Nas. He didn't back down. He didn't back down to his wife. I'm sorry. I'm trying to say it without any... I'm trying to say it without any...
0: See, one of the greatest rap beefs is, is, is actually Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yes.
1: It's not
0: Nas and Jay-Z. It's actually no, Beyonce and Jay-Z.
1: It's Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> and a lot of people need to know that. <laughs> but no, he's literally the blueprint, man. I think his stature and uh, he's definitely a hip hop um, uh, legend. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's had the accolades. He's has the hits. He has the business ventures. He he does, and then he gave us dimes. He was like, you know what? I'm this. I'm giving you free Watchcom. You have to pay nine ninety nine. Like, yo, the story of OJ. <laughs> like, man, man is stupid crazy. Stupid crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and before we change this into our next topic, like looking at, at you know when Beyonce and Jay Z are on, on the same track, like. A family feud and even in their album everything is love like they really complement each other so well like what are your thoughts like just on how how they sound together on tracks because you know they always can put out hits together and just really complement what the other one does
1: you know it's it's hard to build chemistry even if it's your wife and i think that's what you have to be in tune with that person and be around that person and know that person's um you know Indicators and what they what they do best the the best uh way to bring the potential out or the sound out and you have to be in tune with that person. We've seen a lot of collaborations yeah. like yeah whatever, but when you are really in tune with that another artist and it just gels, you're gonna put out great music. I think of Drake and Rihanna, they've they'll never yeah. put out bad music together. And I think the same thing with Beyonce and Jay Z ever, because on the run, oh my gosh. On The Run is, is such a great song. I still play yeah. it. Matter of fact, after we're done with this, I'm going to play it. <laughs> but no, I think the chemistry, <laughs> it's hard to build that chemistry even if it's somebody as significant as your significant other, or wife or a husband, whatever, boyfriends, sister, whatever you want to call it. You got you mm-hmm. to be in tune with that person. And I think they have the formula to do so. And a lot of people don't know that formula and just get in a booth and think, that they're talented enough to gel together. No, it takes more than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, transitioning to 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 futures, um, high off life. You know, this album release May fifteenth, um, had, had a meticulous production. And comes with a, you know a, a melancholy a melody, and you know it, it's to me it's better pace, and so is the, sequence, the sequencing compared to you know some of his recent releases. And the project just glides by without friction. Um, th- there's not a major shift in the in the totality of his music for high off life, but there's new ideas implemented in songs like Too Comfortable with, you know, kind of the, 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 the saloon piano and the errant drums um, and Trillionaire he's just going, you know, bar for bar with a uh, young boy, never broke again. And they both had a strong chemistry on, on that track. And then in All Bad with um, Lil Uzi Vert, he's acquiescing to his style and trying a new sound. And, you know, he originally wanted to title the album Life is Good from his, uh, from the collaboration with Drake, but wanted to highlight also enjoying life as long as you have it. Um, but He's just reckoned with what he's already become in this project. And even though there's the question of if he'll ever re- reinvent himself, we still get a better paced album of his. But um, what were your overall, overall thoughts on um, this current one?
1: You know what? I'm not a Future fan anymore. I stopped being oh. a Future fan until like 2000, 2013, 2014. I think Future... Well, he dropped Dirty Sprite too, And after that, I wasn't mm-hmm. a fan after that. But... Um, that was 2015, actually. He dropped, he dropped Dirty Sprite. But no, I don't think he's progressed. It's the same thing. He
0: hasn't.
1: He, hasn't. he has not progressed. I haven't seen any,
0: any significant progression.
1: No, it's the same thing. A lot of people say he changed when he dated Sierra. He was doing the same thing. He just made Turn Off the Lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only song that was different. He's doing the exact same thing. Since since astronaut status, he's doing the same thing. And I was a big future <laughs> fan. Like college, bro, we we listened to nothing but future, nothing but future. Future was the goat to us. Now he just put out the same. It's no yeah. growth, no growth whatsoever. Got he it. does the exact same thing. This, and I know a lot of big time future fans. One's name, one's name is Marcel, bro. He was like, bro, I didn't even listen yep. to it all through. I didn't even listen through it all. Listen to it all. He said, but I got. I'm gonna give him like three, four more listens. If it takes three to four more listens, I don't want to listen to it. It needs to catch me. At the, it. Yeah, it got to take me. Catch me at the second. The second listen. Second listen all the way through. Because it's like forty thousand songs on this. It's a twenty-one song album, and this is the same thing. Like on Trigon there, he talks about the same thing. Like it's man, I don't I don't see the growth in his music. And I really didn't like this. I didn't yeah. really like the project.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, over this past decade, you know, he's been one of the you know a really influential artist and crafted a a, a sound that you know just didn't you know reshape rap, but also pop music. And he's maintained a piece that not a, a, a not a lot of his peers can match. But you know, he's released between two and three dozen full lengths in the decade. Um, since he first started out, and you know he's always you know releasing music at a, at a steady clip, and in the first half of the 2010s, you know he was just always innovating, and now he's kind of in a in a phase where he's essentially just tinkering with this sound. Um, but what are your your thoughts on just kind of like the different phases of your uh, of his career? Because you said like you know there was a, a stretch where you really liked his music, and, and, and now you know it, it, it's, it doesn't have that same type of effect. But and also kind of what to expect from him in his next next project, as you know. What a time to be alive too! Which with Drake is probably going to be releasing on um, pretty soon.
1: Wait, wait, wait! What?
0: Yeah, what a time to be alive too!
1: When did when did they say be coming soon? When did they say something about that? Later this year. Oh, I want to be a fan again.
0: See, that's that's when he's really hitting his peak. When he's on the same when he's on the same. Because
1: <laughs> desire was fire. Not even try yeah, to lie. It was fire, like really, it was it fire. Really was. But man, it, mm, if that's the case, ooh, mm, I'm, gonna have to, I'm definitely going to listen to that, Of course, Oh, we get two Drake, <laughs> get three Drake projects, three Drake projects yeah,
0: this year. Three.
1: Oh, it's going to be a good year. Mm. But it's no, uh, year. I expect the same thing. If it's not with Drake, what what a time to be alive is going to be a little bit different because Drake's. Going to be on it, and we're going to get some of Drake too. Yeah. Like, um, Desire, and um, you know what? What's the song? Uh, can you exit out this, please? I'm sorry. All right, baby, from no. this project, no, 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 no. Uh, from yeah, okay, Life is Good. So, a life is good. Yeah, life is good. If that's an indicator, of what we're going to get, I'm excited for a What A Ton of Be. all for it. But sometimes I do cut it off at the Drake's part. <laughs>
0: I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm excited. Ah, I'm
1: okay. I'm okay. <laughs> After he says, I mean, this is a good life. I am it a good life. It's I'm good, good, man. I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I if without Drake, I expect the same thing. I think because I was in college and that lifestyle is piece, appe- you know, appealing to me. And I want that type of lifestyle because I'm I'm you know I'm in college man I'm just floating and when you hear um what's uh uh jersey, you do what you want when it you're popping. Like mm-hmm. I used to play, yeah. I'm in the bed of the dirty and in the middle of the muddy, sit on, sit on, sit on. <laughs> like yo, bro. I'm like, I'm in the buddy, I'm in it <laughs> I'm okay with <laughs> But it's like once, once you get out that life and when it's when it's not appealing. To you anymore, then you're like, okay, he's talking about the same thing in a different form. Same things, same cadence, same everything, bro. Give me something different. Give me something different. Yeah. So I expect the same thing. He's still a he's still a icon. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's had like eight of his albums go platinum, double platinum, and he's yeah. led the the uh billboards for a while. I mean, but he's still mm-hmm. an icon. He's still he's still, he's still going to be in the hip hop uh hall of fame. Most def. Most def. Definitely. Most definitely. He's in the hip hop hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're getting into our movie review of The Departed. And to start it off with the overview, um, The Departed was a 2006 American crime film directed by... Martin Scorsese and written by William uh, Monaghan. And it's a rem- remake of the 2002 Hong Kong film, Internal Affairs. And um, you've got the cast of Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and Mark Wahlberg, along with Martin Sheen, Ray Winston, uh, Vera Fermiga, and um, Alec Baldwin in supporting roles. And um, it had a budget of $90 million, brought in $291.5 million in the box office, and had a 94% rating on Ryan Tomatoes. And this film is based in Boston and about um, Frank Costello, played by uh, Nicholas uh, Nicholson, the Irish mob boss, who um, plants Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, as a, as a mole within the Massachusetts State Police. And on the other side, um, the police assigned uh, undercover State Trooper w- William Billy Costigan, played by DiCaprio, to infiltrate Costello's crew. And um, Sullivan and, and Costigan both attempt to you know, discover the other's identity before they find, find out once both sides realized the situation. And, you know, this movie, it was just a critical and commercial success, won several awards, including four Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Um, Mark Wahlberg was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And, you know, Scorsese, he's had earlier masterpieces like Taxi Driver and Goodfellas, but this is the one that wins him an Academy Award for Best Director. And, some people thought, you know, this was more of a lifetime achievement award rather than for crowning the actual movie. And he's had such a wide body of work. I mean, there's so many you can pick from. And um, Matt Damon and DiCaprio are two of the best actors of their generation. Movies like The Martian, Good Will Hunting, and Rounders, um, I-, I-, I felt as though it may have been stronger performances um, from, from Damon, but he nailed a ton of scenes. Um, DiCaprio in a supporting role was, you know, without it without a doubt, the star And stole the show with his likability and charisma, and just like you know, De Niro did in Goodfellas in 1990, but wasn't meant to be at the center of the film. But um, out of the different differing outcomes, you know, Scorsese's first Oscar win, DiCaprio's stellar supporting role, or even um, just the spotlight that Matt Damon and and Nicholson had, uh, what stood out to you the most, and what were your initial thoughts of the film?
1: I thought this film was. Long, first of all, it's two hours. <laughs> of change, yeah. But no, nah, no, I thought it was a great film, man. I don't think it had any uh, weaknesses in it. The further storyline from uh, the characters, from uh, how the scenes interchange, it was long, but it still had you engaged. It was a lot of blood, a lot of killing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a great film. Like when you have those type of like. Mark Wahlberg. It was more of a serious role for him. You have Alec Baldwin. You have Martin Sheen. You have Matt Damon. Leonardo DiCaprio. Even my boy Anthony Anderson. It yeah. was such a great cast, mm-hmm. and Martin Scors- Scorsese is such a great man. It was a man's great film. It had me glued. Like literally, I'm like, yo, he walked off the yeah. elevator. It got shot. Now, <laughs> Bro, it was crazy. <laughs> Bonkers. But no, this is yeah. it 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 deserved every reward, every nomination, every uh win they got for this movie, I think it's definitely uh one of Martin Scorsese's top four movies.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And and when you look at like movies like Taxi Driver Goodfellas, um Raging Bull, mm-hmm. um, there's there's just a like, countless list of the ones he's had. Um, and in terms of what he's put together, you know, he had the recent one with Irish, The Irishman. But where do you kind of like? Would you say like in terms of? Because we were talking about this before we got on. Like in some, in terms of like some of Scors- Scorsese's best films, would you like? Um, where would you kind of have this one ranked in? And like, which one do you think is like when you look back? Like this is like Scorsese's best work when when you kind of look back at his like wide array of films.
1: I put this in as number four. Number four, I have Taxi Driver. Number one. I have Shutter Island, number two, and Casino, number three. I love Casino. Wow. That's a movie I can watch. I've watched this movie probably a million times. Every time it's on TV, I don't care what I'm doing, I'm watching this movie. Casino is one of Yeah, Taxi Driver really kind of solidified Martin Scorsese as a great uh, director. And Shutter Island was such a, a great film mm-hmm. from... Uh, the uh, character- We got to review Shutter
0: Island, man. We got to yes.
1: review that one. That, I watch Shutter every time. That's one another movie I watch every time it's on uh, TV or I have it or whatever the case may be. But I definitely liked Departed. It was a great film. It, I love the storyline. Yeah. I love how- <laughs> I love the scenes, man. Mark Wahlberg is so funny in this. He's so funny in this. He brings that different element. He's definitely deserved a supporting cast because he really made he made he balanced it out with his, with his character. When he's like,
0: I'm the guy that does his job. You must right. be the other
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how he put that Jersey, uh, not Jersey's Boston um accent on, and then he came in the other room talking normal. <laughs> the next time we came in with <laughs> Alec Baldwin was talking, he came in talking so normal. I'm like Bro, you were just chewing <laughs> Billy out in the other room, talking about, <laughs> you're not a statty. <laughs> like, you were <was> just talking, <laughs> talking, going in there, and he come in here real strong. The switch normal. up. The switch yeah. up he had. And you're talking about him having, uh, oh, I bet you had two different voices, huh? One with mommy, one with dad. I'm like, yo, give the fit <laughs> a break, bro. But no, like, yeah, it was, man. Let crazy. him breathe. Let him breathe a little bit. I rank this number four, most definitely. Uh, Raging Bull was okay. Oh yeah, I it, wasn't.
0: It's definitely top five for
1: Phone. Oh, most definitely. You
0: weren't a big fan of Goodfellas?
1: No, 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 no. no. I was. Goodfellas is like six for me. Gangs, okay. gangs of New York. Got it. Gangs of New York is number five. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good one. That I watch. That's another movie I will watch over and over, over and over. That's number five. In the fact that he directed it, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might as well just think so, it's a, I mean, uh, he has
0: he has so many good. Uh, that's the thing about scarcity. I know, like in the next couple of months, we're gonna like do three or four of his because like there's so many you can pick from.
1: Wolf of Wall Street is another good one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Silence was a good one. Avi- Aviator, Aviator was a go- oh my god, that's top ten. Aviator was a good one too. Yeah. Um, Dude was a crazy nutball, but he was... The Family was another good one that didn't get a, a lot of recognition. And it was a, a movie about... Yeah, and that
0: it, one was under the radar.
1: It was. And it's actually a great piece of work. It's not his best work, but it's a great piece of work. I like, I like this storyline. It has some legends in there too, obviously, with um, Robert De Niro and um, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Another legend, Lee Jones. oh yeah, he's a legend.
0: Which I w- I'll still say, Tommy Lee Jones' best role is the fugitive. Still, still to me, it's still his best role.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it because I've I know him in so many movies, and I'm like, yo, yeah, that was a good role. That was a good role for him. Fugitive was a good role. Him and um, He really was. Uh, yeah. Oof, what's his name? Wellington, I'm bombing with remembering names today. Man, um,
0: we're, we're having to remember so many names on this. Yeah, one.
1: it's really devastating that I don't remember. He's a legend too. He started with the Star Wars, then he had uh, his whole Skull movies. Oh, what? Come Harrison. on. Um, oh, I just Harrison almost had it. Harrison Ford. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wellington, thank you, <laughs> bro. You saved me so many times, and I know you know this. And you were like here's a, like you were saying so suddenly so I could like catch it. So I, I, I was I
0: was just like, is that the one? Is that the one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, that's the one. Wellington saves me all the time. I rem, I don't remember I I don't remember names all the time. You know, but when I don't remember them, I make sure I know I don't remember. them. So Wellington can just like yeah, save the day all the time.
0: Give the assist
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But transitioning to, to kind of our first topic, you know, from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, you know, To me, this was a clear, you know, four star film. Mm-hmm. The story that, that was put together was just amazing. And it played out very well and was, you know, easily understandable. Um, Going into the movie, you know, we knew this, this was a huge cast, but it was still terrific, because a lot of times you can have big casts, but they still don't work. Like, a lot of the films we've reviewed in the past, they've had big casts. And, you know, for the majority Most of them worked and it just had this, you know, gritty and and brutal vibe. And Mm -hmm. added onto that, it had a a clever ending as well. But um, from one or four stars, uh, what would you give it?
1: Four stars, hands down. From beginning to end, scene to scene, the acting in this movie was so top-notch from everybody. And I want to talk about a deleted scene as well when we get closer to that. Like the acting across the board was top-notch. Great! Whoever did the casting calls Absolutely. and 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 did all the the finding the actors or figure out who needs to be in this movie, great job, great kudos! I'll give you one of these, mm-hmm. one of these hand claps. Great, <laughs> great job! It's definitely four stars.
0: Yeah, definitely. And transitioning to um favorite character, you know, t- to me, uh, mine was Billy Costigan, you know, played by DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. He just really had an, an edginess to him. You know, was intense and moody. All of the elements are what his character had to have, and his efforts, you know, aren't even sufficiently rewarded. But he's in a cruel world, and that's what's portrayed here. And he's just the hero you can root that that you can root for, and is always just you know trying to find out um, the essential questions. Um, But but to you, kind of like overall, what was your um, who's your favorite character?
1: Hands down, Dignam, baby, Mark Wahlberg, Mark, Mark, like yo, he literally. I went. March. To, I actually was watching it before the podcast. It took. I started at what well, the podcast was at mm-hmm. 1 o'clock? I started at eleven, I think, and just got done <laughs> before you was like, "I'm ready." <laughs> I just finished. it. i was like, "No, I just finished the You're last." You're like,
0: week. "Hey, well, it's, I'm not going to actually come in the invite. I got to finish the departed the movie." <laughs> <where we're
1: laughs> it takes all my day. Like <laughs> literally, I could have went to the store. I could create it a like something out of nothing. Like to sit down and watch these Martin Scorsese movies is a whole job, bro. Like you literally have to clear your oh, schedule. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you got to clock in. You got to clock out.
1: <laughs> right. You have to clear your schedule. It's gonna. It's definitely gonna keep you uh, engaged. But you're like, yo, I could have went to uh, <laughs> I could have went to Atlanta and back by now. Like it's crazy. But no, um, <laughs> definitely uh, getting him how he like his. He was that super cop. And he was that guy that didn't take any crap from anybody. Mm. He had that sense of humor. He had that banter. He had everything. He was a killer. Like he had everything in a character. You Like yo, that yeah. guy. Like his banter was crazy. Him <laughs> then Alex Baldwin crazy. Uh, banter. He was like, uh, "Oh, what's the? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait because we gotta get to the quotes. We gotta get to the quotes. I'm gonna wait."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but with with kind of transitioning to our most memorable scenes, quotes of the movie, um. So some of that ones I had the the, uh, the I want my I want some pills scene where Billy's talking to Madeline the therapist um, someone else every day also known as the bridge scene where um, Billy meets up with Queen and Dingham. um, the bar scene where Costigan you know orders the cranberry juice and gets into an altercation with one of the crew members who berates him and you know Mister French tells him you know there's guys you can hit and there's guys you can't and that's one where it really where it really comes close to you, you can't um, the uh, heavy lies the crown quote um, also I, I smell a rat scene where. Frank's accusing Costigan of, of being the mole. Um, the Chinese deal scene where um Sergeant Sullivan's pulling pulling off um, you know, giving Cassell the the, the heads up of what's about to happen. Um, officer down where Queen gets killed, and that's everything changes after that scene. Uh, that, that's kind of like the turning point of the film. Um, the I race view scene where Costigan and Sullivan um have the uh, final confrontation and um the elevator scene, you know, the, uh, the the one of the craziest scenes of the entire film where um, Cassigan gets, gets killed. Trooper Brown gets killed, and um, and also one of the other cops who's trying to save um, Sullivan. Um, but out of the, the, the memorable scenes of the film, uh, which one would you k- kind of have as one of your top ones?
1: Elevator scene, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. M- Matt Damon comes up. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me go. Sullivan comes up there, just not expecting Billy to just pop him in the face with a gun a couple times. And then Trooper comes up there, Trooper Brown comes up there, and he was like, you know me, you know me. And he lets him down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to let you down. Soon as he gets off the elevator, pop. And then soon as Trooper pop. Brown gets out of the elevator, pop. As <laughs> soon as he gets off the elevator, pop. <laughs> what a sequence of deaths. It literally was crazy. That sequence of deaths was crazy.
0: One after one after one.
1: He didn't even expect to die. Billy didn't expect to die. He was like, "Okay, trooper," and he kind of like like boasted about it a little bit when he shook the to his uh, handcuffs. He was like, uh, "Shut up!" He yeah. had That smirk and smile, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I am killing you." Yeah. And bow, ironically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> then bow, ironically, okay. We got to stick together. <laughs> Look, this was the funny part. He was like, "Yeah." You thought he had, oh, you were the only one inside? We got to stick together. Pow!
0: <laughs> it's you and me now. It's you and me now.
1: <laughs> Pop. <laughs> right in your head. But nah, that was one of the best scenes. And then the final scene when uh, uh, Sullivan was going to his apartment and um, yeah, he tried to pet the dog and she's like, no, don't touch my dog. Trying to, yeah.
0: She's like, nope, don't do that. Don't we do know it. you're the rat.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then after he gets shot, by uh my boy, Marky Mark Dignam. Yeah. Uh the rat Mark. goes across the the balcony. Yeah, the, oh my goodness. I like that. I mean it was obvious, but I like such that.
0: a smart, such a smart part to put it together in. Because I mean you, you obviously know what he's signifying, but right. it's just it's just a really clever way to end the film.
1: Exactly. Irony. Yeah. It was good. It was good. That was a good scene. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Tensioning um, to our, our most memorable quotes um, had um, Frank Costello uh, quote, when I was your age, they would say you could become a cop. You, you, you could become cops or criminals. Today, what I'm saying to you is this, when facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? Um, also, Captain Queen, and do you want to be a cop or only look like a cop? Madeline, death is hard. Life is much easier. Um, Costello, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. And quote, Costello, you better get organized quick. Um, uh, Dinkum, I'm the guy who does his job. <laughs> you must be the other guy. End quote. And then uh, <laughs> Sullivan, uh, I can get you the rat. You just gotta let uh, let me do it my way. End quote. Um, overall, what was your uh, most memorable quote?
1: Ah, uh, when they were interviewing um, Sullivan, he <laughs> was like, um, he was like, "You're a worker. You rise fast, like a twelve year old." <laughs> and, then... Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he was like, he looked at. Him, he was like. Stinky Sarge, he was like, My pleasure, <laughs> bro. He said it so, like, yeah, like a 12 year old. I'm like, What are you serious? He was like, Thanks, Sarge. Wait, wait what stinks, Sarge? What come on? And then it was another <laughs> one. Ah, oh, what was the it was another one when it was Alec Baldwin and uh and Mark Wahlberg in the scene. Uh, what was it? What did he say? Oh man, he was like, uh, "I talked to your mom today." He was like, "No, nah. something like I was tired from your wife," and he was like, "How's how's your mother?" She All said, right. "She's tired from sex <laughs> with my father," and I was oh, like, my "What? Goodness. What's going on what? here?" <laughs> And then I think that that was a real smile by Alec Baldwin. (laughs) It it was real. I think that was was so (laughs) real. real. And they kept it in there. He was smiling. And then um, from that scene where he walked out, he was like, normally such a a nice guy. And then he smiled again. I think that was real. It got to be real, bro. Or he's a great actor. Because I would have broke character every single time. (laughs) Every single time I would have broke character.
0: That that was that was definitely a a, a, a real a real smile there. But um, transitioning to kind of like what did you like the most about the storyline? You know, to me, the the twist of it, you know, it, it was filled with twists, um, and it just elevated it to the cast of um, great crime films like Goodfellas or, or Scarface. And right. you add the element of of Martin Scorsese directing it, you know, the, the way this this tense type of thriller is, it just hits all of the right marks um, you wanted. Um, but overall, like in terms of the storyline, how it was portrayed, right. um, the, so many twists. Like to me, the twists are kind of like the, the number one thing that this always sticks with me. But what what to you is kind of like the the part of the storyline you like the most?
1: What I like the most the the whole storyline was about an informant and a rat, right? And the whole entire time, there were two rats, one in Billy because he infiltrated mm-hmm. the uh, the gang or whatever. And then I got, it was the latest scene. The guy knew about it. He said, um, the boss asked me if if I could kill somebody, if I knew the rat, would I kill him? And I was like, he was like, yeah. He was like, no, I, I know I can't do it. He was like, "He was like, I apologize. I gave you the wrong address, but you showed up at the right address. And he yeah. knew Yeah, yeah. And he was like, but and he pulled, he tried to go for his gun. He was like, he grabbed him real fast. He was like, he was dying. He was on his, his couch or whatever, dying. I guess he got shot or whatever. And um, he mm-hmm. was like, uh, oh, tell yeah. me why I didn't tell anybody. Tell me why I didn't tell anybody. And then Billy yeah. still dies. The rat still died. He didn't he didn't kill him, but somebody else killed mm-hmm. the rat. And then Matt Damien was the rat. He got killed as well. So the whole point is: if you're a rat, you die. Yeah. No matter who kills you or how you die, you're gonna die eventually. And I think that was really great. I thought that was a yeah. dope, dope storyline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And transitioning um, to our last topic, 10 years from now, is it still, you know, watchable and, and intriguing? You know, it it, it absolutely is because yeah. just the telling of the separate stories of good and evil, when you look at Billy Costigan compared to, to Sergeant Sullivan um, and just with the elements of the implosion of a portrayal, um, but the actors, you know, the, the location and the energy, plus the things involved with it, to me, mm-hmm. um, just make it a, a long lasting film um, to, to you in terms of the, the rewatchability 10 years from now. Um, would you say it, it, it's still is it still going to kind of have that like intriguing element with it?
1: Excuse me. I think so. Uh, just for the storyline. I mean, the reputation that Martin Scorsese has and DiCaprio and Matt Damon and all these other uh, star uh, actors in this movie. I think once you look at their catalog of movies, you have to put this at the top, and it's definitely a rewatchable movie. It's going to take some mm-hmm. time for you to watch it, but I think it's a great body of work, yeah. great film that didn't have any you know weaknesses or loopholes or anything that you say like uh, I don't know they could have did this better. I think it was a great uh, sequence of events in this storyline, man. It was mm, it was a great scenes, great great scenes. What a movie! Oh
0: yeah. Absolutely, and and, and before we close it out, you know, with with kind of like some of the 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 backlash and criticism from some saying like, "Oh, this was just a lifetime achievement award for Scorsese." Do you think, like, especially with directors like this, sometimes they they can kind of get rewarded for maybe movies that are still like this is a terrific film, but sometimes maybe not the best as some of their kind of like top three.
1: I think so. I think it's all like timing, right? Because right. so most most films that he should have received like something off of he didn't, and I think it's the timing of what movies out or it's kind of like versus other films that are nominated. Of course, it's you know to see who wins, but I think it was timing for Martin Scorsese's films because you have to take his films in a different uh, a different uh, era and vantage point because he's gonna he's not a. Mm-hmm. He's not a a director who believes in leaving anything out. So he wants to capture everything in his entirety of the script, the storyline, whatever the case, to letting the actors flow the way they feel like the characters should flow. He doesn't want to leave anything out. And I think with with his films, you have to have the timing. And he won something off of this. It wasn't even his best film. Yeah, like like you say, he has more great films out there, but I think the timing of this film... And how everything flowed in that the year he won, I think it was just the a, a timing. Completely honest with you, but it's not his best work, yeah. of course not. No,
0: absolutely. Oh yeah, and and that's the thing. Like is, so many people would would say, this is this is clearly not his best work. No. Um, and then you have the element of of DiCaprio and 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 Matt Damon, in, in, like in this film. Like even when you look back at some of like Matt Damon's films, DiCaprio's films, like, like where does this one kind of rank for them? Because as you said, like. Even these two guys, they have a full length of catalog and also, you know, Jack Nicholson as
1: well. I think performance based, I think um, for DiCaprio, it was, it was, it was close to what we have seen from DiCaprio throughout his career, but it's so, his career is so so uh, long that he started as a kid. So you see the progression. I think this film came in a way where we, we saw like half of his potential. Right, I think his acting was good, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was top notch. Matt Damon, I think he was already versatile, and we yeah, because he had the, the Goodwill Hunting, and he had some other you know I think Jason Bourne was just about to kick off for him. I think he, Jason Bourne came out before this because mm-hmm. this came out two thousand six. So we saw that he had the yeah. versatility. This there.
0: one, his first one. His first born, I think, came out
1: 04? In 04? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. O four, O four, I thought so. So we already knew he had the versatility of playing those. Because in Jason Bourne, he doesn't talk much. This one, he was more verbal. Right. He was, you know, it was just like a casino, not casino. Um, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, you know, those type of films. We saw the mm-hmm. versatility in his uh, in his repertoire. So I don't think it was their best performances, but we still got a side of them that we we see from different movies on because like I said it was the timing of it timing of it all I think it was like well I don't have anything else to do let's do this Martin Scorsese it's Martin Scorsese if Martin Scorsese wants you in a film you, you have Mar- to. yeah you get in this film you know but I think yeah. they did bring the characters to life the way I think no one else could okay. I couldn't see anybody else playing Billy but DiCaprio
0: yeah absolutely well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.